Welcome to New Hope Underground. And that's right, we're back. Full force. We were just here for our first episode. And now we are back with our second episode. And uh, I have a special guest with me today, Pastor Van Brooks. Hey, Van. Hey, it's good to be here. Was that Super Bowl music? It, it was halftime music. No, I went, yeah. No, no, just it wasn't. Checking. It wasn't good as uh, the old Dr. Dre mixes. But all right, all know, right. A lot of rave reviews on that. Uh, I know halftime show. But anyway, Antonio Munoz is here. Hello, hello, hello. Now hello. I want you. I want to hear you say your last name. Yes, yeah. So it's Munoz. Munoz. Mm-hmm. Yes. So all of us were saying it wrong like all the time. So ever since, yeah, ever since my family and I came to the States, we just kind of knew it was going to be a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind it's of not been, Munoz. Yeah. Well, and, and that's actually really better than, you know, Manaz. Manaz. Yeah. <laughs> Do some people say Manaz? Oh, they, they've said Munez, Manaz. It's been, yeah, it's all over the place. But they right? haven't said mayonnaise, have they? Not mayonnaise, okay. thankfully. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, the best thing, the little trick I got for you is just like, look at the moon and then you put up some yo's, you know. Yo's. Moon yo's. yo's. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I've just learned something today. I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> Who knows how long. Ben, you've been saying it right? No, I just realized when he pronounced it right <laughs> that I probably will never get it right. <laughs> you know, it's just moon yo's. Is that close? That moon is yo's? good. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you guys are on the show. We're, we're kind of... I brought you in here to talk about Shelbyville. Before we ever even get to that, though, I thought we'd just kind of chat for a little bit. I want people, because there's some people who are listening out there in our audience who may not, you know, know you. And I know they know you, Van. I mean, Mm -hmm. you've been around for a little bit. For this, for two centuries. (laughs) Two centuries. Really is amazing. The the miracles that go on here at New Hope that no one's even uh, aware of. Van is uh, a lot older than than he looks, that's for sure. That's that's absolutely right. (laughs) No, but Van, you, I mean, you were the long-term senior pastor here. Yes. Long-term. I say that with like mm-hmm. more syllables than it needs. Came here when I was high school age. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so now that you're like 49. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We would, no, but you were, how long were you actually senior guy here then like? Probably 27 years. 27 years. Yeah. 27. And then you kind of pass the torch on the. To Tyler, Tyler Sturkey, yep. and then now, what is your official title now? Uh, wow, I don't know. Multi-site campus pastor. There you slash go. Slash construction. You do everything. Manager. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But but you're at the campus pastor at Shelbyville campus now. Correct. But that's kind of a part of what you do, not right. all of what you do. One, one of three hats. Yeah, but it was interesting because. Where we're at now stems from a lot of conversations you had with God quite a few years ago. Correct. So yeah. We're going to talk about that too. Awesome. But anyway, I, Antonio, you are new on staff. Yes. Yep. So when did you start? Wow. Um, it's kind of hard to put this in <laughs> in my mind, but I think we I started back in September. Yeah. So it's been more than a couple of months now. Just Fresh out of college too, man. Also, yeah, very true. Because it wasn't too long ago you were a high school kid running around here. That's very true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that long ago at all. Right, yep. New Hope's been home for a while. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So you're really enjoying everything? and Yeah, yeah. 
Of course, you're on our podcast. You have to say yes. You don't uh, right, really, yeah. You don't I wouldn't dream of saying anything else, Darren. <laughs> I don't have a script written on my hand or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I want to... Now, I'm just kind of curious. You, where did you go to school? I mean, I know, but I'm just kind of asking yeah. for the audience here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I went to Cedarville University. It's a private Christian university in Ohio, um, down near Dayton, Ohio, around that area, Springfield. And... Um, yeah, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, really. It really, yeah. I, I was driving by one time. I was like, I can't. I thought it was in a more urban area, but it's not. It's not. No, I mean, it's not a typical college town. Like, if, if you were to drive like on the main street for five minutes, you've missed the whole village of Cedarville. <laughs> so, we actually have more post office boxes on campus than the village of Cedarville has yeah. in town. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, going out into the cornfields, it it wasn't too much of a change of pace from home, though. That was nice. Well, that's good. <laughs> it looked really familiar. And <laughs> what did you major in? Yeah, I studied um, music education and worship arts both for a while and uh, just finished out the worship degree. So got a little bit of education under my belt as well as um, the music training and worship ministry. And he's the new worship and youth yes. uh, leader at Chubbyville Campus. And when you think about that, you're you're overly qualified because <laughs> you know, you've done worship as long as I can remember with your family. And, yes, yeah. And here at, with the youth group here. And I right. mean, you've done all sorts of experiences. In Cedarville, I'm sure you had plenty of good musical experiences there. Yeah, yeah. Lots of growth that happened there for sure. Really, really enjoyed my time there and just being able to put the gifts that God's given me to good use, you know. <laughs> I would call Van, I would call Antonio. It was what we used to call the guys at Bible College that were, you know, just really good at everything they did. Uh huh. Poster boy. Yes. He's, I bet you he was a Cedarville poster boy. He is a over. You know what I mean? Overachiever. We had a, we had a men's <laughs> Bible study. Boy. We had a men's Bible study last Wednesday, and he came. And so I'm just racing through the week, and it was a soma s o m a. And so yeah. I wanted to find that. And so I had a snapshot of your typing, and I tried to enlarge that and put it on a piece of paper. And if you can have imagination of something really looking bad you just <laughs> inflate that some so i come I'm sorry i should have i should have put it in bigger print well there. i brought that to have the men so they could see s-o-m-a and as we're starting this you know here's antonio he says well I, you know i made some of these little uh, bookmarks and they're all color you know all color colored this incredible piece of art with the soma <laughs> thing all defined and i'm thinking and we just broke out in laughter i broke out in tears but you know <laughs> thing is, just I, I use those bookmarks oh they're for incredible. my group yeah, yeah 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 they're the best out there yeah in case you don't know what vance talking about we have these bible studies and we use soma as a it's kind of like a what do you call those? Acrostic. Acrostic of, of what it means uh, in the sense of the method of study, of how right. we go about studying. And stands for, and well, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to talk about it now because Ty Griffith and I, uh, who's been helping me lead it, he leads the Zoom study yes. for SOMA. And we've been doing the podcast over SOMA. And we have our own SOMA Bible podcast now, Bible study mm-hmm. podcast. But um, we have been, we had a little conversation that I'm going to put on either this episode or next with New Hope Underground. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, so you made those bookmarks, man. They were pretty yeah. sharp. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it was something that we were excited about to start to um, even start teaching the youth group, you know, like junior hires and high schoolers, getting them excited about studying the word and even equipping them with the tools to do so themselves. So I just thought it was a good idea to give them something physical to hang on to, you know, and it's benefited the other groups too, oh, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, we've been using it for a men's group and... Good. And I, I'm just excited about people getting the Bible. That's right. And learning how to study a little bit. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, before we get into anything more spiritual, because, you know, you can't just rush into spiritual things. <laughs> how about that Super Bowl van? 
It was it was good. It was good. I called it pretty close to the actual score. Really? Was what was wanting, your score? Uh, I called twenty one to twenty eight. Well, you were close. Yeah, I was close. Who did and, you have uh, winning though? I wanted the Bengals to win, but I knew the Rams would win. Yeah. So I just unfortunately I had the Rams winning, but I wanted the Bengals to win as yeah, well. Yeah. So, but I had to be honest and write the, the <laughs> score. So it was good. It was a good game. It was a good game. It was really cool though to see a couple of the Rams players. I guess are pretty devout Christians. That Cooper Cup had won the MVP. Pretty outspoken. Yeah, he was with his faith, and he was pretty humble there at yeah. the end. Just, uh, just very grateful to even be there. I and thought that was. The, and the guy that won the uh, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year, the gar- uh, offensive lineman for. Oh yeah, I'm having a hard time with his name all of a sudden. I, I wouldn't want to meet him if yeah. I was a running back. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but he's I mean, a believer, I guess, and he wow. he tweeted out a lot of stuff about. So you know how how God is really. Saved him. So it was really, it was really cool stuff. Was it Anderson? Whitworth. That's it. Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. Yeah. And uh, really cool. Well, I was a little close. You were, yeah, you were you close. Were there. Yeah. <laughs> Munoz. <Yeah>. Munoz. <laughs> <laughs> there is an Anthony Munoz oh, who played yeah. for the Cincinnati Bengals, actually, wow. back in the day. Yep. Yeah, so is he related? Well, no, actually. And actually, while I was at school in Ohio, everyone was asking me that. It's just like, is that, <laughs> oh, your, I bet. Is that your dad? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, not even. And Darren's getting a good laugh in there because he knows my dad. Yeah. <laughs> not, well, he's a great guy, but he's kind of small. I yeah, mean, yeah, you he's, know, he's, to be an offensive lineman. Nowhere I mean, near being a linebacker. football player. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Munoz was one of the better linebackers that the NFL has ever had. Wow. Remember watching him play in the Bengals? I do not. I do yeah. not. I don't remember that. I didn't watch very much of the Bengals years back. Yeah, and who did? I know, I know what did. <laughs> who day? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't really don't really know, but anyway, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the, it was, it was the game. game, but it was just, and it was just disappointing at the end. I was kind of hoping for a tie, at least a, a tie. tie field. All goal. the games were ties. Yeah, they were almost scripted to have a tie, and you win in the last four seconds or by a coin toss yeah know. you're starting to wonder if the nfl was involved in that, i you know no that was too you know my wife said that this is all planned you know that's what she well think of the scandal if that's true because the little betting and stuff now oh my yeah. gosh been a scandal but it was a, yeah we, we just got through super bowl weekend we had a good weekend but uh we are we, last episode the first episode we're kind of kicking back new hope underground kicking back off again for our season four pastor ty and i talked about the uh, Vision Sunday, we mm-hmm. talked about May 1st kind of being that date that we have set forth now for the opening, if you will, of Sunday morning services at Shelbyville. So, Van, just kind of run us through, like, I know it's been an awful lot of work for you, but I'm curious as to about just your vision, your heart, and what kind of started years ago and seeing it right. kind of come to a little bit more, some, you know, fruition with Newton and now multi-campus yeah, this, with Shelbyville. This really goes way back in our my life and my wife, our lives. Uh, we were um, grew up in large cities, but we wound up in Georgia. And as we started driving through the different counties in Georgia and in rural America, we realized that there was nothing going on in these small mm-hmm. rural towns. You know, everyone that I was amazed growing up in Florida, how many people felt led by the Spirit to come to Florida and to do ministry, especially during the winter time. They all showed up there, led by the Lord. And uh, but rural America is. I, I use this guardingly, is spiritually desolate. And a lot of the churches are kind of on that downward path or, you know, retired pastors or retiring pastors or um, sometimes pastors that couldn't make it in the city 
Uh, you know, there's some great pastors out there, but uh, a lot of rural America is desperate. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially among the young people, it's like there's hardly anything going on. A lot of small communities, uh, they might have 10, 20, 30 churches, but none have any type of youth or children ministry ministries mm -hmm. going on. And so this is one thing as we started our vision, we kind of had a, to see a stronger move in each generation. We really realized that even even here in Effingham, there was very little going on. But as we started doing it, it started stirring up all the churches. So um, we've seen God do some, some great things with our vision here. And one day God says, you need to take it on mission. Mm -hmm. And um, and we feel like Shelbyville, Newton, and there's so many communities that are so hungry, so desperate. And the church, a lot of the American church is dying, I, I don't know, or aging. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I remember talking to one church, we don't do music anymore because our organist has died and no one else, mm. no one can play the organ anymore. So, mm. you know, our worship time is they kind over. Of give up on it. Yeah, yeah, they give up on it. And that's where a lot of churches are. That A snapshot would be a church of anywhere between. 15 and 35, maybe one or two children in the church, and a large portion of the church is over 65. That's a picture of many churches in America. Mm. And uh, occasionally you'll have a, any any young people that show up, it's usually the grandparent brings a young child or the families visiting from out of town. And that's a snapshot of many churches in America today. In rural America, so multi-site makes sense for us in the right. sense that it, it's it's not trying to reinvent the wheel right. of another church. It's more like just trying to ex extend the church, right? That Absolutely. we're what we're already doing, what God's already called us to do. So why Newton? Why Shelbyville? Well, there's it, a lot of we have like 23 communities represented in our church here in Effingham, right. which is crazy. If you think about small, we're kind of a small town, really. Effingham's what 12,000, 15,000, mm -hmm. and but yet at the same time. All these communities, people from all these little farming communities everywhere are kind of pouring in. Right. It's kind of a hub. So but why Newton? Why Shelbyville? Well, early on, we, you know, when we looked at Newton, we saw that there was a pretty sizable contingency of people coming over. And a lot of them, you know, you could see they were being ministered to. And a lot of them were asking friends. And they said, I've got friends. But they said, oh, we're not going to drive 30, 40 minutes to church. And so we saw that group from Newton coming over real regularly, being a part, some strong volunteers. And that was kind of indication that there's somewhat of a, a draw there already. And that's part of the, mm. I don't know, the cool thing about a multi-site is you work with that flow. You know, you create, mm -hmm. you kind of stack the deck and you, you say, hey, we got a group of people. Let's go ahead and put a group of leaders there. Let's go ahead and begin some small groups there. Let's go ahead and, and, and come with that vision where you're not having to, you know, start a church from scratch and not have any parts or any team. And we saw the same thing in Shelbyville. We started seeing just on a regular basis, well, here's someone else from Shelbyville. Here's someone else from Shelbyville. And you hear the stories and you see, hear the hunger of the community. And then we would make trips to these towns and we just started perceiving the same thing, that something is going on. And you want to work with the Holy Spirit. You bet. And uh, flow with the Holy Spirit. And we kind of felt that that leading it's early kind of, on. It, it's kind of strategic in the sense, too, those towns are county seats. County seats. I think that's huge. Yeah, and they're kind of a hub in themselves, mm -hmm. in right. a way. Yep. It's kind of like trying to echo what we're doing in Effingham 
and maybe they're smaller towns, but they're still kind of hubs for right. even smaller towns. Yeah, people come shopping there. They get their groceries right. there. They get their gas there. And 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 Shelbyville's like this beautiful town, beautiful town, a lot of history, neat neat town, just well, like just like Newton is. That's awesome. Now I know the mission of all this, Antonio, has echoes well for you, but the reason for that is because you you have a unique past in the sense that. Yes, you were a part of some things with the youth ministry and stuff growing up here with New Hope, but it really started with your family. I mean, you guys are a missionary family. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, man, that, that speaks right to it, Darren. My, my dad and my mom felt the call to just be in ministry whenever they were young adults in their church back in Honduras. And so um, years later, they I mean, I had been born and God really had... Uh, put on their hearts like it's it's time to move. So they we we came to the United States, you know, um, in faith. Uh, my parents both as seminary students wanting to study, mm. um, and the plan was always to go back to Honduras, go back home originally. And um, uh, God had different plans for us, obviously, and He made them very clear. Uh, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans while we were there. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and and that was a very clear indicator. You know, like we're we're not going back quite yet. Um, so, uh, there was a different seminary in Texas that, you know, um, opened its doors to all the international students that were kind of displaced because of that hurricane. So that's where we ended up. And, and then God called my dad over here to Effingham. There was a growing Hispanic population. Mm. Um, and so uh, through some just, uh, preliminary, uh, surveying just to see, you know, are there, are there enough people to start a church? And, and eventually we, we moved up here and, and started that church about 15 years ago now. So my dad, That's awesome. yeah, yeah. Our ministry has been um, a huge impact on my life for sure. Just to see that, you know, from the ground up, starting to, t- starting to build something. And, and what we're seeing in Shelbyville right now is really echoing a lot of that past that mm. I've, I've been able to see and be a part of just because, um, uh, you know, like PV was saying, it's, it's, you see a community in need and, and there's this hunger and you just want to you know, step in there and, and just show them, share with them the hope of Jesus. And that's, yeah. that's really all we're aiming to do. Hopefully show people what they're missing. They don't even know it. Yeah, exactly. You know? But you, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can almost mm-hmm. feel it. Yeah. And I think that's what you, yes. I've mm-hmm. heard you say that a few times. Vin. Right. You can almost feel it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I really love hearing kind of you guys' passion for this. You know, uh, let me, let me have you sum it up real quick because I'm going to kind of do part one, part two in this interview. So we're going to, uh, this is my last question for our first part, and then we'll kind of stop for a second. We'll get, we'll uh, get into our second part. But I, I'm curious, I just want to hear from you guys talk just about, uh, just, just, you know, passion overall for, for what do you think God's going to do in mm-hmm. Shelbyville? Okay. Well, one thing I, I feel like God keeps saying to me about this is the majority of people that we're going to see reached and their eternity changed, mm. we haven't even met yet, or I haven't met yet, or, you know, that they're just, um, I just I sense there's a real hunger. And so, you know, we have a good amount of people that come down from mm-hmm. Shelbyville, and it's, it's quite the track. Mm-hmm. And But I feel like there's going to be a lot of people in that community that are so hungry that haven't even shown up yet. And so I just feel there are many, and, and even among, especially among the young people and children that, you know, there, there's a desperation and this is uh, just the grace of God, the goodness of God that we can be a part of this and see what God and does. We've got so many good people coming, like you said already, and they're right. passionate about reaching their community. Absolutely. And they're yep. passionate about kids. Mm-hmm. And about youth, yep. and we're coming in with a stacked deck. Antonio working yep. with youth, and Rachel with kids. Yeah, for sure. So, 
What about you? Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I was going to say is just as as I've gotten the opportunity to start to get to know some of these junior hires, high schoolers, the youth of Shelbyville, um, which is really the future of Shelbyville, of that community. You know, it's it's so exciting to um, to see to see where they're at already right now. I was blessed to like kind of step into groups that had already been happening, you know, like you just mentioned, um, some parents and some leaders that had been coming to New Hope here in Effingham, but that saw that need in the youth of their community and started those small groups right there in Shelbyville. Um, so I've been able to come alongside them and, and, and see that happen and just start to see some growth, some real groundbreaking um, understanding just of what we're talking about here, you know, especially in those ages where those are the formational years where people mm -hmm. are really starting mm -hmm. to decide who am I, you know, what's, what's my purpose in life. And you think about that. Those are heavy, heavy questions that mm -hmm. people still grapple with all their lives. But I feel like it really starts during that junior high age where they start oh, yeah. to get a yeah. little, get a little independence and start to see where do I fit? Where do I belong? You know? And so getting to have those conversations um, through a biblical worldview and really start to bring in that hope and that light of Jesus and, and talk to them about, about those things um, has been such an exciting thing and, and something that I'm excited to continue to see grow just as they catch fire for that mm. gospel and, and mm. want to share it with their friends, you know, um, something so special that they can't keep to themselves. That's, that's the goal. That's the passion. For sure. I think kids struggle with knowing what it means to be a man, mm. to be a woman, period, let yeah. alone a man of God. That's right. You know, a woman of God. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Well, I'll tell you what, what I want to do is uh, we're going to, uh, Take a little break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about the Shelbyville campus. Okay. Well, Pastor Van, Antonio, welcome back. Thank you. Part right. two. Yes. Part two. Hey, I was really curious about what is the Shelbyville campus going to look like in the sense of like when we start worship services, May 1st, Van, maybe you can kind of give us a little bit of a a vision of that, a, a, a what do you call it, a, a, a preface, a, what's a, the word I'm looking for? Peek, a, a sneak peek, a preview. Peek, like preview, yeah. that's the word, yeah. <laughs> preface. Uh, pre yeah, preview. Well, we, we want to come in there and, you know, we want to, um, you know, come in there with worship. I feel like worship is really going to grow that town and also come in there with our children and youth ministry ready to go because of the needs there. But we really want to see individuals get involved with the ministry, more of a mission where they take a part, uh, you know, not where Antonio and myself and Rachel, we do and people watch, but because that won't grow people. Right. We, we want right. people to the practicality, hey, I'm going to put this in my life and I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm not, just not going to sit there and, you know, that consumer like, hey, I just want to consume and you know, get the air conditioned temperature just right and the music, <laughs> we sing our songs and really preach really And good. if you don't, I'll let you know about it. Right. And and we're going to come there with, a, you know, a, a live feed delayed by a few minutes. It's not actually live. It's a right. few, few minutes late, you know, but we're going to come in there with that. And, you know, but I feel like... Uh, we really want people, we want to grow people. We want to release people into ministry. And uh, and that's where, I don't know, it gets exciting. I think a lot of Christians are just bored out of their gourd because, you know, it's, it's like fishing. A lot of people don't like fishing, but if you come deep sea fishing with me and you hook hold of a, you know, 40-pound, you know, you know, Swordfish? Yes, or, or a wahoo or whatever, you yeah, know, yeah. a big tuna. You know, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And and a lot of Christians have never experienced that. You know, it's that's where right. things get exciting. I love me some and, big tuna. 
Oh, that's good. You know, yeah, tuna, tuna will it will tear your back up. That is a that's a, it's fighting a big fish. fish. It's a big fish. Hey, one thing you were saying earlier. Then the worship is live, right? And mm-hmm. what we kind of we seen kind of piped in a video is right is sermons mainly, but mm-hmm. every once in a while there'll be a live sermon. Yes, right. But uh, what's kind of the value behind that? Why are we doing it that way? Why aren't Why aren't you preaching every every Sunday live, Van? Well, I think it's, it's you know, it's, it's one church in three locations, and it's like, uh, you know, we really seek God as a as church body to to come with that message. And it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, when it's up there, within about two, three minutes, you're just drawn into the message. You don't think, hey, I'm watching this via video. In fact, the video is probably, you can see better, it's clear, you know, and if your <laughs> hair is out of place or if you have a hair on your head, which oh. I don't, you know. It, you you, you know, just scared me half to death because I'm, when I'm up there now I'm going to be thinking about all that stuff. Oh yeah, it, it, you know it's 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 a lot clearer you know, on the big screen, but it's just um, I, th- I think there's a power to that. We're all hearing that same message, and of course the worship is is live. And then the big part of church is is that community. Mm. You know, it's like people come in that door. You know, pretty. You know, I, I've been there. Sometimes you come in and you're pretty beat up. And when you get with other people, that's the power of the church is, a, is that community yeah. come, comes together. I really seek God, who do I need to talk with this week? Who do I need to reach out to and, and, and come ready? But sometimes there's people, man, I need to talk to someone. And there's something about that as you gather. That's probably one of the most important components, that fellowship, that interaction. And then to be able to worship together and to you know, break into the word together and have communion together. Those are huge things as well. So it's, um, so those questions you're asking yourself about how do I, you know, praying about who do I talk to? How do I help? Those those are the same questions everybody ought ought to be asking. Right. Who are, who who consider this their home? Yeah. And I, I really encourage the entire body to engage in those conversations. And Mm -hmm. when they come to church, say, God, who do you want me to reach out to today? Because it it can be life or death for people. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, most people decide if they're going to come back to the church within the first five minutes before the first song is saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, uh, to sit there and no one's looking at you or, or sometimes you have people look at you. I've been in a lot of churches where you feel like you got the eye and that's a scary feeling when you walk in and mm-hmm. everyone watches you and, you know, and, and that's, that's a weird feeling. But. I know often we say around here, it's not about going to church. It's about being the church. Absolutely. And there's a big difference, mm-hmm. but there's going to be people walking in the front door expecting just to go yes. to church, like you said, or bringing some baggage or hurting. Right. And if they don't meet anybody there, who's, Mm-hmm. who's got some answers or some love. Yes. <laughs> this could be kind of tough. Yes. And Tony, what about worship? I mean, uh, kind of, this is your first like full time, yeah. if you will, worship ministry. Right. And you're starting May 1st. Right. I yeah. mean, uh, what's going through your mind? Yeah. I mean, man, it, a lot of it, um, I just resonate so much with what uh, Pastor Van was saying just now about it. It really is um, one church in three locations, but part of that beauty of being able to do worship live with the church body right there is, is um, the whole purpose behind worship, you know, that corporate opportunity <laughs> to gather together and be able to express the truth that we believe about, you know, who God says he is in mm-hmm. his word and, and mm-hmm. who he says we are. Mm-hmm. And we get to <coughs> sing about that, you know, and we get to uh, music just happens to be the vehicle by which we, you know, uh, proclaim those truths. But that's, that's the beauty of that corporate worship 
is that we get to do that together. And so to be able to do that live, um, it's just so exciting to know that there's already, again, already an awesome team of volunteers that have been serving here faithfully at, at the Effingham campus, that um, their hometown is Shelbyville. You know, their community, their hearts are in Shelbyville. So um, that's they're going to be bringing that passion just as much. And, and it's also just as important to be training the future, the, the people that God has for the future of that ministry as well. You know, yeah. people that he's already gifted and, and maybe called on, but, um, you know, because of the distance uh, coming to Effingham, things like that, they end their stage of life. They haven't been able to maybe make it to regular rehearsals and things like that. So being in the community uh, can be a game changer for a lot of people who feel like they've been called to serve in the church in this specific way. Now they have that opportunity to really plug into that team. And yeah, it gets back to what Van was saying, Mm -hmm. which is getting, get involved, people getting involved. That's right. Yeah. And using their gifts in that way. One thing I want to ask you, how, how cool is it? The fact that you're starting in this new church, starting new services in in the town. Mm -hmm. All right. But at the same time, it's not new. Right. You have some support and some other people who've, who are working with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that has made all the difference in, in just like as we approach this together as a, as a community, as a church body, having that mission mindset, knowing that there's already people that know the community better than I do even, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it gives me such peace knowing, Hey, I'm going to be able to lean on my brother and sister here and there because they've been living in that community. They know the hearts of the people that they want to reach. And, um, that, that's a huge benefit in my opinion, you know, cause it's not, it, it further emphasizes that fact it's not about what I can do. It's not about what Pastor Van can do, what Rachel can do. It's about what we as a church body can do, how, how we can reach the people right there in our own circle of influence. You know what I mean? And and for me, that circle of influence uh, happens to be the volunteers, you know, the worship ministry volunteers and, and our production team, but also those youth volunteers that are, you know, that are so passionate about seeing the next generation um be on fire for Christ and, and even just come to know who Christ is at what pastor van was talking about earlier really resonated with me because I think if I can speak into this, the reason that I think so much of, I mean, my generation and below has been leaving the church in droves is because they're missing that crucial element of ownership of really mm. feeling like they belong mm. and that that is mm. their church body. That is their family. Yeah. You know, we're coming from a, from a time period where, I went to church because grandma brought me or because mom and dad did. And it was just a tradition and things like that. But, but they never really got to dive deep into what does my personal relationship, not grandma's, not mom and dad's, mm-hmm. not grandpa's. What, what does my mm-hmm. personal relationship look like with the Lord? And how am I in community with the other kids, my age here at this church? How am I in community with, you know, the elders at the church and with the volunteers at this church, like, am I part of this family? And, and I think that... And is it worth doing? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That question of of worth is huge, I would think. It is, because there are so many things that this world has to offer that are distractions and that just seem like they have a, a prettier, polished thing, you know, not having to put up with all the work of, you know, making genuine relationships and things like that, but, you know everything's right there easy at my mm-hmm. fingertips, you know, with social media and everything else, how people are interacting nowadays. So just to challenge them, mm-hmm. you know, the people, the youth that have already been there and involved and have experienced the sweetness of being in community with a body and they feel like they have ownership, challenging them to take ownership further and say like, I want, I want my friends to know the love of God. I want my family to know the love of God. And I'm just so on fire. I have to share that with people. That's awesome. Jesus is still in the business of changing the world. He was always a rebel. 
That's still right. a rebel. Yep. <laughs> we just don't give him that kind of credit sometimes. We we antiquate him and throw him in a box as he doesn't belong in. Yes. And so it's you know, a lot, a lot of what you're saying really resonates with me in the sense and I love that word resonate. We've been using it a lot, which is good. <laughs> uh it resonates with me because of the fact that uh I think that this the generations that are coming up, uh the things that they think they want so desperately are really found in Jesus. They just don't know it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they've been given a wrong bill of goods. When it comes to Christianity or to, you know what I'm talking about, right? Man. Right. I think I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's kind of like you're in a stadium, you're in the bleachers and, uh, you know, you watch it, but to say, Hey, come down off the bleacher, go in with this football or stand here yeah. and block this person or, or attack this or whatever. That's where it gets exciting, mm-hmm. you know, and it becomes life changing. And, yeah. uh, and that's where like with young people and children, as soon as we can, we're going to get them involved, not mm-hmm. just you know, cutting yeah. out little figurines or nativity <laughs> scenes, but where they're actually doing the ministry, where they get to mm-hmm. maybe be a part of worship or they get to, to teach a message or to counsel with someone or to encourage someone that's or great. to yeah. reach out. And that's you, you never can shake that. Uh, and you see kids develop in that, like if I was teaching carpentry, if you get a kid in a workshop and it builds confidence when they can sand a piece and they can stain a piece or they can build a piece and, and then they'll build from there often better than the carpenter that taught them, Mm. you know? And so that's where you just can't get intimidated. If you raise up some people that go way past you, you know, and that's what you want. That's that's what you want. You want (laughs) Mm -hmm. people that can do what you can do and often much better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think sometimes the church as leaders, we've got to learn to step out of the way and, and have confidence that God's in charge. Well, I think we've seen in the American church a little bit of that, the opposite there, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. few people holding on to power yeah. and also few people kind of controlling it, inviting people into their ministry as opposed to, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to our ministry. Right. Yet even the pronouns we use mm-hmm. are, you know, Rachel and I were talking about this a little bit in the sense that Jesus calling those disciples, they were young guys. They didn't know what, you know, fishermen, oh. and, you know, they didn't know what was going on. And then not too long after he calls them early in the ministry, he sends them out two by two. Yep. To and, do healings and casting out demons and, and, and raising like, the dead, just yeah, yeah just simple. raising the dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he didn't ask him to go out and you know, just do a little menial task like yeah. here, run the soundboard, and that's all I want you to ever do. Not saying that that's a bad thing, but you know what I mean, right? That I want you to I want you to go beyond that. So yeah, yeah, and, and they really, you know, you look at it and you study, it and they really were a youth group. They were a young yeah. group of guys, and uh, mm-hmm. so I I feel like some of these young guys and gals that uh, there's a lot in them and it's it's and it's it's the god of this universe it's jesus it's the holy spirit fills them just same size it's not like hey you're a young person let me give you mm-hmm. a teeny weeny little bit of jesus they get the full full well deal. i think by focusing on our youth i think we're hitting a lot more people than we think of different ages yeah. i was talking to somebody who's uh, going to be attending Shelbyville campus in their 30s late 30s and he's he's he was talking about what meant something to him. He said, this is the first church I've been in that actually wants me to do something. Hmm. Wow. You no, know, I'm excited about actually contributing. Wow. Right. As opposed to sitting. Yeah. Well, he's in his thirties. I mean, so in other words, this is not like a philosophy just for the young. No, it's and meaning, it, meaning just for a kid. Yeah. And it goes all the way through. It's just like yeah. God knocked on uh, Abraham's door when he was 75. <laughs> and so God's yeah. never done. It's just that we quit listening and mm. we kept, we quit obeying, you know, the ventures out there for anyone, regardless of their age. 
I like how Van knocked on the table. I should have give you a little sound, <laughs> some sound effects. Yeah, the, the sound <laughs> knock, you know. So. I'm gonna give you the wrong one. You know, oh like yeah, yeah. I told I told Van anytime he tells a joke, I got this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you had that clapping, mass clapping. Like that? Yeah, yeah, I even got this one for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That would make you make you feel <laughs> better, make, bro. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> well, I tell you what, Van. W- w- before we close here, I want. Would you do me a favor and just uh, give a pitch as if you're talking to somebody who is thinking about Shelbyville, has never darkened our door, but is thinking about it. Wow. That's, that's, what would you say to I'm, them? I'm not as quick on my feet as you two guys. I, I would just say that. Um, you know, so often we live just two-dimensionally, you know, just with our our mind and our flesh. But this is a different dimension that you need to add to your life. And it's it's like, uh, you know, God's got an adventure. And it's just like when you go to sleep at night, sometimes you just have that empty feeling. There's got to be something more. And that something more is that the God of this universe sent his son, and he wants to live in you, and he wants to live through you and he wants to make you a, a difference maker in this world and it's it's not like it's an easy life but uh, if you just lay it all down and follow him your life would start making sense and when you lay down at night you're going to sleep like a baby because you feel like man I've accomplished what I'm designed to do you know I watch my dog sometimes when he's uh when he's out and he's uh chasing something or or pulling something he loves to pull he's a Siberian husky and you can just see that for fulfillment on him when he does what he's designed when he's in his do, element when he's in his yeah. zone is an element and that's where God's got a plan for people in that town and I feel like people just come alive it just changes your day you walk with a different step you get out of bed quicker you just um it just has meaning, you know, and life without Jesus is not life, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he, for a guy that says he can't think very quickly, that was, that was really, really good. It's pretty, pretty put together. Uh, he's, yeah. he's calling out people to be Huskies now. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Antonio, I want to give you one last word before we leave, and that is you're going to have some training nights. You're talking about getting people involved. Yes. So what about getting involved in youth in worship? How do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for that, Darren. I mean, honestly, we're excited – exactly what PV said, you know, God has, God has equipped us and designed us and gifted us in different ways. And so we're really excited to invite people out to our uh, volunteer training night coming up Monday, February 21st. We're going to actually be in the Shelbyville building out at uh, New Hope Shelbyville and um, get to just spend an hour or so really talking about, you know, what, what does it mean to serve in the youth ministry? What does it look like to be a part of the production team and, and run the audio and the lights and the slides for us on Sunday mornings? And what does it mean to be part of that worship team and, and you know, rehearse well and do music and um, get get at some of the logistics of it, obviously, so that people feel prepared, like, the, like you know, we're not walking into May 1st. I've never done this before. I don't know what <laughs> I'm doing. So we want to equip people well, obviously. But more than that, we want to share the heart behind the ministry and like why, why we do what we do, you know? So we're really excited to be able to, in the fact you do it together. together. Exactly. That's pretty awesome. Oh my goodness. Yes. That's, I mean, some of those ministries like are where you meet that meet that deep, meaningful community, you know, where where you get to serve alongside other people and um, it just makes a, a, a world's difference. Well, that's fantastic. Well, hey, thanks, guys. And you, Van, you also have a men's Bible study. Yes. That is on Thursday mornings. Thursday morning at 6.30 to 7.30. And the church has a prayer time, too. Yes, at um, 6.30, 7 time on Wednesday. Wednesday morning. 
Right. So anyway, that's just some things if you haven't heard about, hopefully you might jump in and get involved. Thanks guys for being on. And Antonio, have you ever heard of the two minute drill? No. Well, you're going to have one here soon. Oh boy. I mean, you're going to sit down and we're going to do a little two minute drill on the podcast. Hey, thanks. The two minute drill with Antonio Munoz begins now. Hey, welcome. And you're new on staff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and one of the things you have to do, it's kind of like an initiation, right? Is to go through the two minute drill. Oh boy. <laughs> so welcome to New Hope Underground's two minute drill. Basically, if you're new to this, uh, basically what I do is I ask Antonio questions, any questions I want to for two minutes. He has to answer as quickly as possible, move on to the next question. You ready? All right, let's do All it. All right, here we go. Time begins now. What's your all time favorite movie? Um, The Incredibles. Oh, The Incredibles. If you had to eat food from only one restaurant for every meal for a month, oh my which gosh. restaurant would it be? Oh, wow. Um, Probably Joe's Pizza here in town. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate cake or apple pie? Uh, wow, I don't like either. Um, Let's go if with... If you had uh, to go with one. Uh, apple pie. You don't like either one? No. Oh, my gosh. I know. Interesting. We've learned a lot about you already. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's say seven day Disney cruise or a seven day African safari. Disney cruise. Hands oh, down. <laughs> not, going, not going out in the uh, jungle with you. Okay. If you had to have a, a new vehicle, it's you had to choose between a jet ski, an electric scooter, or a dune buggy. Whoa. Um, jet ski. Awesome. Uh, what about if you had to do one of these things hang glide, zip line, or cliff diving? Oh my word. Um, zip line. Zip line. That would be kind of fun. Actually, you know what? I'm changing my answer. Hang gliding. If I had like, really? No, yeah. If I had all abandoned, like any sense of security, <laughs> hang gliding. <laughs> that, would that, 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 and that is, assumes, we assume that of course. Right. Okay. I think I've been zip lining before, which was, that was my gut reaction, but hang gliding for sure. That's fantastic. What about if, uh, if you had a pet champi- a, chip, a pet chimpanzee named Bongo or a pot bellied pig named Norman? I would choose the chimpanzee. You want to go with Norman, huh? You go I, with Bongo. That's okay, right. I got you. What is the like the most favorite place you've ever been? Wow. Um, probably location wise. Yeah. Uh, so Telamar is a resort in Honduras that my family and I will go to sometimes when we get to go back and visit home. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. What is uh, what's your favorite board game? Wow. Um, code names. I think. I really enjoy that one. Really? You, I don't you, think I've played that. If you can call that a board game, like, and I think it's a board game. We'll call it a board game. That's fine. <laughs> and for me, usually the I get bored at games more than, anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> Childhood nickname. Did you have one? I did. It made no sense to me. Um, it's Musasa. And I think only my parents and, like, close friends in Honduras would call me that because... What like, is it? Does it have a meaning or is it just... That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it does. <laughs> <laughs> they just called me that. Little Musasa. Musasa, yeah. Yeah. It's like Mus- Mufasa? No, no, no that's why I came. Musasa. That's great. Now, now I'm going to give you several things here, and here's what you need to do. You're going to tell me, oh, yeah, or not a chance. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I'm with you. Lime Jello. Oh, not a chance. Running in a thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. Watching cat videos. Not a chance. Mini corn dogs. Oh, yeah. Disco music. Oh, yeah. Owning a pygmy goat. Not a chance. (laughs) Hot air balloon ride. Oh, yeah. Star Wars movie marathon. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, a little hesitation. It's, yeah, it's, sort of. The inflection of these tells you how much I really care. Hey, thanks. That was Two Minute Drill with Antonio. All right. Hey, welcome to Spotlight this week. And on Spotlight, today we have Rachel Reed. What's up, Rachel? Hey, Darren. Glad to be here today. Thanks for having me. Did you ever think you'd be on New Hope Underground? No. I, my <laughs> life is, is now complete. Now fulfilled. The Lord could take me any time. This is exciting. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And Rachel is, now what is your exact title well, here at the church now? I tell you what, it's exciting. I am the babies or birth through fifth grade. So the kids coordinator at our Shelbyville campus that is soon to launch. Yes. We just announced this last week in the last episode, just talked to Tyler, talked about how we're marching May 1st. I know it. Hey, yeah, oh, wait. definitely. That's not funny. That. <laughs> no, wait, the clapping, the clapping. I'm terrible at the sound effects board. There it is. You gotta learn your led colors there. Oh, I know. There we go. That's it's, worth it. It's it's funnier, though, when I can't get it right. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, some of our Shelbyville New Hope families have been waiting 15, 16 years for, you know, the, the call to be on our town. And New Hope, it's just, I mean, it, it just could, really couldn't be any better. And, you know, we announced three years ago that Shelbyville was, you know, God was leading the church to... Uh, campus in Shelbyville. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a three year process. It's, you know, it's been a very diligent and long process. And now we are only three months away. So it's kind of like ready or not, here we come. Well, that's fantastic. There's a lot going on. And I got a lot more to talk about. And we're also going to be interviewing the other staff members there at the Shelbyville campus that's here right. soon. Yeah. Antonio so. and, and Pastor Van, you yeah. know, the, the three of us is kind of this, um, I kind of joke when I have a meeting, you know, have, have different meetings all the time. And when I meet with Antonio and Van, I call them the boys. I've got a meeting with the boys, <laughs> the three of us right now on staff at Shelbyville. But, you know, I, I think that'll be soon to grow. Some, so excited. Well, hey, I want to add some questions for you concerning Shelbyville. Yes. But before we jump into that, I'm just kind of curious. You know, people don't know you. Well. You know, not everybody who's listening knows you. So I want them to know you, Rachel Oh, Reed. goodness sakes. So tell us a little bit about your, you know, your family. Well, I would, I have my husband, Brandon, and we have three girls, Elizabeth, Abigail, and Sophia. Lizzie's 14, Abby's tw almost 12, she turns 12 Sunday, and little wow. Sophia is in third grade. She's nine years old. So, so Brandon's got all women he, he does, and he handles this. He handles this <laughs> well. And then we have little Millie Mae, who's three, and she's our, our dog, who's also part human. So, yeah. <laughs> she's three and your dog. So is that three in dog years? Or I don't know, 21 I can't in think dog about years? That. that makes me too. <laughs> so yeah, Brandon works for Caterpillar and uh, in marketing, and um, I, I awesome. yes, we actually live in the house that I I grew up in. It's uh, it's about uh, it was built in 1850, so it's an old one. And oh wow, yeah, that's like Civil War time <laughs> it is. before the Civil yeah, War for sure, for sure. There's a lot of history there, so that's really cool. If just the walls could talk. So I've been was born and raised in Shelbyville and moved away. And we were we were um, overseas for a few years with with his job with Brandon's job and blessed enough now to be back in Shelbyville and to raise our girls in the town that I grew up in and that we love so much. I th thought I knew this, but maybe mm. I did. Where were you overseas? You were overseas. Uh, we were we were four years in Europe, two years in Switzerland, and two years in Italy. Oh so wow! Before the the girls were born. So. Do you know like any language? Other languages? 
You know a little Italian? Un petit peu. Just oh. a little bit. Not very much. <laughs> just enough to get by. Just enough to get groceries and Yeah, where's the, the bathroom and, and, yeah, and that yeah, kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, the necessities <laughs> like that, for sure. But I tell you, you know, living overseas, it was definitely a time in my life where whew, I had to be close to God, for sure. So it was it was a, definitely a blessing, but, you know, not all roses. So Well, sometimes the what the biggest lessons in faith we get are the times you don't expect it. For sure, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, when you're hanging on for dear life. Yeah. No, that's good. So you guys are back, back home, back in Shelbyville. Mm-hmm. So you, you mean you grew up in Shelbyville? Grew up in Shelbyville, and it's just a sweet little town with so much to offer. Of course, we have the lake, uh, Lake Shelbyville, and uh, it's a man-made lake, but it's beautiful. It's about 11,000 acres of water and 250 miles of shoreline. We have the yeah. trails. We have a great school system, sweet little downtown. It's busy and, in the summertime. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Campgrounds and yeah, it's a, it's a great little town, a wonderful community. Um, can't say enough about our school system and uh, just our coaches. And it's just, it's a wonderful place to raise children. And now New Hope Shelbyville is going to come to town. So makes it even better. That's for sure. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So it's been quite a process. So, I mean, we've, we've taken what, three years really for the time we serve, we're going to kind of branch out to Shelbyville to right. its fruition and, uh, That's right. and having to buy a bowling alley, which is interesting Crazy. in and of itself, which I, I thought were all sorts of jokes there. Yeah. <laughs> you Leave know, it when, to you, Darren, to, to find the joke. If a church is going to be in a bowling alley, then we need to take advantage of slogans that we could have. <laughs> For sure. Like, don't strike out <laughs> with, your, with your next church. <laughs> Come, you know, it's, it's baseball, but also bowling, you know, and, or something like... Uh, God did not spare his son. Uh-huh. I get it. You know, That's I mean, a good one. There's all sorts of, you know, Christian things and other slogans, you know, terms we could use. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, if you find yourself in the gutter, uh, you need Jesus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so bad. I don't understand why we don't use, you know. Well, we need to talk to PV about that. Yeah. You can even have parking signs out there, like park in the right lane. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, there's all sorts of things we could do, but. Oh, anyway. man. oh, I don't yeah. know if I should laugh or cry. <laughs> yeah. 1804 West Main, though, is, is the new home of New Hope Shelbyville. And May 1st, 10 a.m., we're going to go. Fantastic. Rocking and rolling, for sure. Are you ready? No. <laughs> no. Hey, it's only February. You got some no. time. Get some time. <laughs> yeah. But you've got you've got uh, birth through fifth grade. Yeah, babies through fifth grade. New Hope kids. Some people kind of. I actually got a few messages today. Some people sort of confuse kids and youth. So Antonio, who is awesome, he is the youth director and the worship leader for New Hope Shelbyville, and he's got sixth through twelfth grade. That's youth, junior high, and senior high. Kids is just exactly what we just talked about. Birth through fifth grade. Yeah. So we will have six different rooms well really at all three of our campuses it's structured kids new hope kids is babies through fifth grade and in shelbyville specifically we will have six rooms to fully staff with volunteers so we'll have a baby room toddler room preschool room kindergarten and first grade room second third grade room and fourth and fifth grade room awesome and that'll we'll have full basically full services for all those ages during the worship services During on our Sunday morning. Service, that's right. That's right. So you've been—I mean, you've been a part of the kids' team then for a while. 
Well, uh, to be honest, it's been about 14 months. So how's, how's that for you? Get, so you've got 14 months of prep in already. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I've got, a, I think the world's longest <laughs> onboarding ramp. So it's, it's been an awesome blessing though. I mean, we have got to, we have gotten to see so many kids who have just really, oh, they've, they've taken their, their faith as their own. And I, I think, you know, I love New Hope kids in general, I just love, but I think I have an extra special soft place in my heart for those fourth and fifth graders who are really learning to um, take ownership of their faith. Mm-hmm. And um, actually we're taking a group, uh, well, all three campuses, there's about 60 of us that are going to superstart here in a couple of weeks. And it's a big preteen conference. It's in Bloomington. It's a weekend awesome. event. And we have a nice group from Shelbyville going. And it's just so neat to see those fourth and fifth graders really take ownership of their faith. So, I mean, even though our campus, you know, hasn't officially launched weekly services. Things hope, have been going on. Yeah, yeah, so much has been going on. I mean, the personal interactions are just are just amazing. And, you know, there's been tons of pastoral care and small groups and special events and of course, launch preparations. And now our specialty groups are, you know, kicking off soon. And I mean, even you just think about the small groups and you think, okay, we've got, we're servicing fourth and fifth graders in small groups all the way up to adults. Yeah. And, and it's just been such a blessing and, and, that's been going on and that's been great. And now it's time to, to, to ramp up and to really plug in. And all of us are definitely all in for weekly services starting May 1st. Well, Hey, maybe some of you who are listening are in the Shelbyville area and you're kind of waiting things out and watching new hope and not sure what's going to happen or whatever. Yeah. Hey, you're, we're going to have an incredible kids ministry going on. That's right. Starting May 1st, right away. (laughs) That's right. We've also, we've actually got some training, some kids team volunteer trainings coming up soon, March 10th. Wait a minute. You need help? Well, I thought you're doing this on your own, Rachel. Boom, boom, boom. You know, volunteers are the (laughs) heartbeat of the ministry. You hear that heartbeat. And of course, God's at the helm, but it's the volunteers who make or break a ministry. And we have a lot of them here at Evian. Oh, so, so much. Yeah, and, and the success of any ministry just really rises and falls on the strengths of its volunteer team. So the the whole the whole New Hope staff and especially the kids team, we've just been praying that that volunteers would um, you know, that God would just kinda knock on the doors of their hearts and kinda stir their spirits and if they have certain spiritual giftings or interests, that they would just pray about it and reach out to us. March tenth and March twelfth, it's a Thursday and a Saturday and, and, and six thirty to eight on a Thursday and the, and the 12th is Saturday, nine to ten thirty. We're having a volunteer training for the awesome. kids team specifically. So more information on that to come. So if you want to help out, you know, with kids, you're listening to our voices right here and you, I don't know, maybe God's hitting you between the, between That's the right. eyes and, or maybe you see one of those posters that has Rachel dressed up like uncle <laughs> Sam saying, we need you. <laughs> oh man. That, that, we, that we need to make run those. the other way. We need to make those. But. Oh man. You know, the cool thing, Darren though, is I don't know. I just think of, um, you know, I think of, I think of, of, you know, Mark and, and how when Jesus was walking along the sea of Galilee and Mm -hmm. and he's walking, he sees Simon and Andrew and he says, come on and follow me. And here they were fishermen and and they, they just threw, leave their nets and, and they follow him. And then, then he goes along a little longer and then, and Jesus sees James and John and, and he says, come and follow me. And they leave their dad, they leave their dad Mm -hmm. sitting there and, I think that sometimes we can, when we think about the 12 disciples, we think about 
how, oh, they just must have been just in their prime faith. They must have been just awesome, great men of faith from the very minute that they met Jesus. And that's not really true. Not and we can all, kind of no. think of that as, you know, in our own lives <laughs> as Christians or as potential volunteers. They had to grow their faith. And I think all believers have to do that. It took time for Jesus's call and his message to get through to them. But here's the thing. The important thing is that the disciples did follow him. Mm. And goodness, we may question, we may falter, we may not think we're good enough or have what it takes, but we just can't ever give up following Jesus. And I, I just think that's so important just in life and moving into this new campus. And goodness, we just can't, the Bible says we cannot ignore, we must not ignore or reject Jesus Christ. So just a good reminder for myself. And I think I think all of us. Oh, that's really good. I didn't know you get to go into a devotion. That's oh. pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No, that was awesome. No, that's so true. It's so interesting when you look at the disciples there because <clears throat> these guys were really young for, mm-hmm. for, and they didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of experience. They didn't know mm-hmm. the scriptures. For sure. Uh, they were just guys, you know, and, and not only that, but when Jesus called them not too long after that, he put them in action like right away, yes. like go out and heal the sick yes. and cast out demons. You're just like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. So God himself... Uh, does not sell short people when it comes to what he thinks they can accomplish for That's the right. sake of the kingdom. And so neither we, neither do we. We try not to. So, you know, obviously, yeah, we're open to wanting uh, people who, who feel who feel called to mm-hmm. ministry. And we want to do ministry. Yes. We don't want to just, uh, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, mm-hmm. but I'm sure with children's ministry, you want to do ministry. It's not just babysitting. That's you know, right. Oh. Not, just, not just hanging out for the sake of hanging out. We oh. want to come alongside of parents and families to support support them in anything we can and teach kids about Jesus. That's exactly right. Kind of the, the vision and heart behind New Hope Kids actually is it really if you just think look at our look at our curriculum and we use a curriculum called orange and the color orange is what do you what two colors? Come on, remember your art class. Red and yellow. Yeah, good job. Are you colorblind? No. Okay, good. You got that I, one right. I got that one right because so. I, I actually see colors. <laughs> So just like the color orange is created, you know, by what you said, Darren, combining yellow and red, the orange curriculum has a philosophy that we love here at New Hope. And if we combine the light of the church, which is represented by, what do you, what do you think, light, yellow, mm-hmm. and then the love of the family, which is the color red, we have, we just have like the, the heart. St- yeah. The strongest impact and the best chance of raising kids who not only love, but follow Jesus. And I think that's kind of, you know, I couldn't help but think when, um, uh, Pastor Tyler on Vision Sunday said, uh, be one and make one. Be a disciple and make a disciple. And I don't think that, you know, that could hit any harder than it did. And I think of that, you know, obviously we think of that in our own lives, but also when it comes to kids, you know, we, we need to be a disciple and we need to make a disciple. And and I think I think that whew, that's that's pretty deep stuff. No, that's really good. Well, so watch out, Shelbyville, basically. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Watch out. We got some kingdom kids that are coming up here. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. You know, people's lives have been turned totally around because of their kids, and uh, their kids are going to do it once again spiritually in Shelbyville. So who knows what's going to happen? And we're just praying God overturns that the town. And I here's the thing: I, I know there are a lot of good Christian people in mm. Shelbyville. I lived there myself for a while. I know there are a lot of good people there. Yes who really love the Lord mm. and are being faithful in their churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But together, I think it's amazing what the Lord can do by bringing people together for, for his sake. And so that's what we're praying for. 
Ah, thank you. But hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for being on. Ah, and it's an honor. just a little bit, we're going to do a two-minute drill with Rachel Ooh. and find out some really interesting things about her. How about that? <laughs> Welcome to the Two Minute Drill with Rachel Reed. And we just had a great interview with you, Rachel. But now is the time to get down to brass tacks and find out who you really are. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm just hey. going to ask you a bunch of questions. All right. You say, hey, you said there's nothing to rehearse. So, no, nothing to know. rehearse whatsoever. <laughs> I don't want to rehearse this because this is t- about total reaction. Uh huh. Yeah, right? that's why I'm scared. I'm gonna, exactly. <laughs> you should be. And so I'm going to give you several questions. As many as we can go in about two minutes. Okay. You just answer them as quick as you can. All right. And if you're like, well, you don't know what an answer, mm-hmm. you, then you, then you just say pass. I'll go on the next one, but I'm going to come back. Okay. All right. And All I'm right. not letting you off the hook. I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. And begin. If you could visit anywhere in the world, where would you go right now? Oh, man. Probably one of those huts with the clear water. I don't know, like Fiji or something. I don't Ooh, know. There you go. Okay. Ooh, nice. From the Truman Show. Okay. If uh, you could change your first name, what would you change it to? Um, Emma. Oh, nice. <laughs> what actor or a- what actress would play you in a movie? Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, there I you don't go. Know. There you go. Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm not so great with movies. <laughs> okay, if you had to have a would, if you had to have one of these, which mm-hmm. one would you have? Okay. A cat named Chairman Meow, mm-hmm. or a dog named Barky Bark Wahlberg. Oh, for sure, the dog. The Barky Bark. Barky, Wahlberg. yeah, definitely. Okay. Which Olympic sport would you most likely win a gold medal in? Oh, no question asked. Downhill skiing, snow skiing. Really? Oh, You're a big skier. Sure. Actually, I kind of am. Wow, I'm that's gonna, pretty I'm cool. I'm trying to be humble about it, but yeah. Well, you did live in Switzerland and well, Italy. That's true. So you, that's you, true. You, I, I, what am I thinking? Okay. That's true. You have been installed as a dictator of an island nation. What's the first thing on your agenda? Mm. Uh uh, make sure all the restaurants serve really good food. I don't know. We're a foodie family. What can I say? You're like, hey. Clean hey, eating. Everyone must have good food. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Uh, you could, uh, let's let's say this. You had to pick for one of these. Okay. Chips and salsa, mm-hmm. mini corn dogs, mm-hmm. or fried green beans. Oh, chips and salsa. That's your favorite come appetizer. On, come on. Oh, mini corn dogs. Pretty darn uh, good. Wait, okay. What did you say the last one was? Fried what? Fried green beans. Oh, no. You no, ever had those? I don't think so. My wife loves it. Okay, really? which yeah, which reality show would you would you thrive in the most? Okay. Survivor, no. Master Chef, yes, Shark Tank, no, Dancing with the Stars, no. Nope. Come on, you and Brandon, <laughs> Dancing with the Stars. I can see that. <laughs> oh man, he'd probably outdance me. The coolest thing about one of your grandmas? Ah, uh, you know, that's kind of a. This is a little bit of a longer answer, but my like seven generations ago, my great 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 great. great, great actually started a church in Shelbyville so that's, oh, cool. that's kind of cool that's really cool yeah if you uh if you pick a favorite book it can't be the bible mm, well, uh, how about um ee! something by Pris- Priscilla Schreier she's just so good cool she's, yeah she's she's any of Priscilla like Schreier potatoes. yes gotcha last one name a, if you had to name one of your kids after a U.S. president which U.S. president would it be oh Darren. Come on now. No. Reagan? Reagan. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a girl or a boy? Girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Hey, thank you so much. That was a two minute drill with Rachel Reed. Hey, thanks for listening to New Hope Underground. I hope you enjoyed today's Shelbyville extravaganza. We'll be back in a couple weeks, but hey, check out on the New Hope podcast feed where you find church at home on the video feed you're also going to find some of the new hope underground 
on video. Uh, just just selected uh, clips that we have concerning some of the uh, key conversations we have on this podcast. It will also be downloaded through that uh, New Hope podcast. So check it out. Hey, thanks. Tell a friend. Subscribe. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Then I can, then I can.